Oh, how are you guys doing this morning? Good? Yeah. Everyone have a good week? So, uh, so sharing something funny this week. So on Monday, uh, we, had, we got some of the snows kind of icy out. And uh, I'm, out, I'm going out to our car, and I, I wisely surmised, I, just, I don't need a jacket on. I'll just run to the car and come back in, right? That operative word here is run. So I decide I'll, I'll, I'll do this real quick. So I go to my car. I, as I get the stuff out of the car, I'm coming back and not really having much forethought other than getting myself back into the warm home. I overlooked, you know, the ice, the, the ice section right there. So as I, as I go and I step, I mean, and, and I told Amanda, she was inside, and it's, it's at night, thank God, like there was no one around. But, but part of me wants someone to be around because I really would love to have known how high my feet got into the, hair, the air as, my, as I broke the fall with my, my shoulder and face. And so, so what happens is, you know, I, I, I go up, I come down, and as, as I'm going up, I'm thinking, oh, my, just, don't, just, don't, just don't, don't, don't hit your head, don't hit your head. And so I, I, I come, I land, and, you know, my dog, we have an electric fence for my dog, and I'm, I'm just in front of the, 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 fence, the fence boundary. And you guys know what it is like to have a young dog. You know, anytime that there's potential energy that crosses over in the kinetic energy and stuff's moving, the dog thinks like, oh, man, we're going to play. You know, and here I am laying on the ground, and, and I, my, my brain is like immediately to get back up, and then my body's like, whoa, slow down there, Captain. We're, uh, we're, we're going to take just another moment here before we get moving again. So, like, I'm assessing myself. The dog is, like, thinking, like, it's playtime. We're going to have a great time. You're gonna... And I'm, in my mind, it's like, oh, my word, that hurt a lot. So I get up, you know, I go back, I get into the house, you know, as I come in, I'm covered in snow, and Amanda's like, what happened to you? I'm like, I'm bad at walking. So I come in, you know, I get, but, so, all right, so, you know, put that all behind me, put that all behind me, and then here, two days ago, I am, I'm going, I'm walking onto someone's porch, and, uh, their porch, this was right after a little bit of the, little bit of the snow came, and, and man, that ice just didn't, didn't pay attention. So this time, it was, this time it was good, too. So I, I, I step on the porch, and as I step, well, you, you know how it is. You know, your heel just keeps going, you know, right? So as I go to try to bail myself out, luckily I threw part, well, I went this way. Luckily I went, this whole half went into the open garbage can that was sitting on their, on their front porch. And so... I, I get up, I, I go to Amanda, I'm like, I, I hurt, I'm like, I'm really bad at falling down, <laughs> like you find like as you, as time goes on, like, man, falling down is no, oh, yeah, I, I'm not good at this anymore, it takes some time to recover, right? Oh my, so, so my week, my week is, uh, I, I, my resolution is I'm going to get better at walking, and hopefully, I don't know if I could get better at falling, but my word, what a week. So, yeah, right? So, so anyways, anyways, so fun week, fun week. But um, I'm excited to be here this morning. Uh, just to introduce myself, I'm Pastor Ben Ogle. I'm uh, the son of uh, Pastor Stephen Mamie. And uh, they asked me to continue on uh, with the series that I've been, I, I've been doing kind of bits and pieces here and there. Uh, what we're talking about is spiritual engineering. And just to kind of give the overview of what we're looking to do with this, I, I don't, you know, I don't put myself out there as some having some master's degree in, in engineering that I do not. 
But what I think is fascinating is whenever you look at the idea of engineering in our world, and as we've gone through some of the, some of the series without go, that I've talked about without going too much into the past, is we looked at some amazing things that people have built, engineers have created. Uh, one that, uh, I'll call it out, the, in the Czech Republic, there was the clock that was built in the 1600s. The clock measures four different time zones, the seasons, the lunar cycle, the sun setting, and sun rising. And here we are over 400 years later, and the thing still works accurately. Now, of course, there's maintenance that goes on with it, but okay. Needless to say, the guy that made it knew clocks, devoted his life to it. And it's an example of engineering that whenever you know what you're working with, it's amazing what you can do with the sum of your knowledge than the things that are available to you. And so what I want to do with this is I want to, thinking from the, the side of spiritual engineering, I think there's a lot of Christians that we, we have things happen in our life or we go through problems in our life, we we go through struggles, things occur, we pray to God, we don't get answers, things don't quite go as we seem, and a lot of us kind of put out to the, just kind of floated out as well, you know, I guess, you know, the, the old case, sarah, sarah, whatever will be, will be, and we just let it float out, or, you know, the, a lot of the denominations, you know, the, sometimes they'll say, well, that's just God's sovereignty, you know, it's just how God works. Or, you know, the people that know nothing about God say, well, God works in mysterious ways. And it's th- what bugs me about it is that we're left that we're just supposed to exist and go throughout our life thinking that, well, God's just going to maybe work these things out and maybe it'll happen and maybe it won't happen. And if it does, I don't know anything about how it happened. And I think as you look in the Word of God, nothing could be further than the truth from that. God is a very calculated being. I mean, look at, look at the marvel of our, just even our, our, our physical bodies. <laughs> Whenever they're working right and you're not falling down all the time, they're, it's, amazing. It's, a, it's amazing how many things work together in your natural body to actually produce you as a living, breathing being. That didn't happen by accident. God didn't just throw out a couple things here or there and go. No, he knew exactly how to create us. And so with that, God is a very calculated being. And I think what I want us to do is I want us to change our minds that whenever we encounter a situation where maybe we pray for something, we don't get an answered prayer. Not to just let that go. Don't just pass it off of, oh, well, you know, I guess I didn't get it this time. No, ask why. Because there's a reason. And the reason isn't, well, God just decided to do it this time. That's not the reason. That's not the reason. And so what I want to talk about today is I want to talk about in spiritual engineering is God is our power source. And I think a lot of us can, I mean, maybe I'm the only one, but Throughout my life, I have, I have, in the situations that I've been in, the problems that I've faced, there has been a lot of situations that I've come up short. Anybody else? Yeah. And it'd be like, man, it would have been nice to have extra help. And sometimes you're saying, someone is, you get into the conversation, well, what did you need for extra help? And sometimes you're at the point like, I don't even know what I need right now. Yeah. Right? 
Well, wouldn't it be wonderful if there was someone that knew you better than yourself? It would know exactly what you need in your life to help you get through life. Wouldn't that be nice? Because it is, because we got a God that wants that. There's a scripture that uh, we're going to have on the outline, or up on the PowerPoint here. It's out of Isaiah 40, uh, 28 through 31, just four verses. But I'd really like it if we could read this all together. Starting in verse 28, and we could read it out loud. It says, Do you not know, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youth grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, like me this week, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. I want to let you know, that's just not talking about a natural state of being. That's talking about the complete you. That's meaning I am, not, I am running and I am not growing tired in my purpose. I am running and not growing tired in my mental peace. I am running and I am not growing tired in my stress. My relationships, my finances, because God is a God that wants all of you encompassed and taken care of. Whenever you read scriptures, understand that God, very rarely is God picking out just one little tiny aspect. No, he, it, the plan of redemption was designed to be a complete redemption for you. Whenever you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you profess and you say, Jesus Christ, I want you to save me. God says you're a new creature in Christ. Everything that you relied on in the past is gone, and everything now is opened up for you brand new. And so what we want to do as we go through this is we want to, today we want to look at some of the ways that we can tap into God as our power source. And going back to the idea of, of, of the engineers, just some of the marvels that you look at and you, you might be aware of in, in the world, the people that, has, that have created those, they've devoted their entire lives to understanding the field that they are working within. They know everything about the natural laws that govern everything. They know about what they can and can't do. It's not a mystery to them. And you find that the people that are engineers, and I I work in a company that has a lot of mechanical and electrical engineers, you find that whenever they they come into a, they find a bug or something wrong with the software or something wrong with the hardware, man, it drives them insane. And there is, there is, you, you can tell the meetings whenever somebody asks, well, what's the real problem here? It's like none of them want to say, I don't know. None of them do. They all want to know exactly what the problem is. Even if they don't know how to fix the problem, they want to be able to say they know what the problem is. And so in the same way, God wants us, whenever we encounter things in our lives where we feel like we come up short or we feel like our relationship with God is somehow not where it needs to be, God wants us to figure out where's the missing pieces. Because none of it's by happen chance. God is, God, Jesus made a point of it. God follows laws. He says, heaven and earth will pass away before a letter of the law passes away. 
God is calculated. God follows rules. Unlike me on Whitestown Road with the speed limit. Or that one don't turn on red down on Center Avenue. Oh, come on. Don't, don't look at me like that. Like, you don't know what I'm talking about. No, but you know what? God follows rules. So whenever there's something that we feel is not coming together for us, there's a reason behind it. And so today, in talking about the laws of, I, I, I just want to talk about making sure that we have connection to the right power source. Because just very much like an appliance that's disconnected from the wall, that will not work. We need to be sure that we're connected to our God to draw off of what we need. Now, just to share a, a, a funny story going in as we talk about, I'm going to talk about electricity a little bit. I used to work as a uh, repairing Christmas lights. Whenever I went to Bible college, I was on their, their, their Christmas light crew. The, the, the church that I was at, they had a huge campus, and every year they would put string up millions of Christmas lights. And so, obviously, once you put them up, you got to take them down. Whenever you take them down, what they would do is you had to test every single strand, which took months. And so what you would do is you, we, they had these boxes, and what the box would do is you'd plug the strand in, and you'd push the button, and it would send 50,000 volts through the strand, and what it would do is then all, any light that was burned out, because of the 50,000 volts going through it, it would just make the connection past the, the burnt out light, and you'd be able to really easily see, oh, pluck, 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 replace, 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 wrap it up and put it away. Now what they would tell you, though, is that whenever you're testing this, do not put your hand on the Christmas light strand whenever you press the button. And the reason would be is because if that strand was broken and there were wires exposed, the 50,000 meant electricity is not a respecter of what it can get through. It will conduct through whatever it can get, whatever it can find. So the, the point of it was is don't put your hand on it because if you press that button, your hand is there and it your hand is on a wire. Guess what you are going to feel? 50,000 volts going right into you. Now, without getting too technical into electricity, there was practically no amps to it. So there wasn't like it was going to kill you. But it was probably about the equivalent of what it would feel like to get hit with a taser. So here we are, you know, we're about a, a month and a half into testing these strands. And of course, what happens after time passes and you're working with something? Well, you become very comfortable with it, right? I've gone this long, you know, and so, you know, you know, Rich got hit with it, you know, and Delvin got hit with it, you know, but they were careless. You know, I'm, <laughs> they were careless. So we are sitting there, and there's probably six of us going through, and, uh, and, and I, I have it plugged in, and you all know where the story's going, but uh, I'll share it anyways. So I'm sitting on a stool, and, and I, I hit that red button, and my hand, my other hand, was on the strand. And lo and behold, that strand was broken. And I got walloped by that. I, I was sitting, and it, what, it, it, it felt like, you, ever, you watch the videos of like people getting tased, where it's like, you lose control of your body. You lose control of your body. As I was sitting, it felt like, I'm sitting on a stool, it felt like someone just ran up and just two fists, Boom, hit me in the chest. I go down onto the ground, <laughs> not realize, and then I finally realize, like, oh, my, my, hand was, my hand was on it. Now, thankfully, my hand comes off as I go down, so I'm not getting hit with it. But as I come back up, I come up to some slow claps from everybody. 
And, and who, Delvin and Rich both say, welcome to the 50,000 club. <laughs> oh, man. But <laughs> electricity is something that we should very thoroughly respect. No? Oh, yeah. Right? Right? But to give us, the, to give us a, a broader understanding, again, I, I want us to understand the, the concept that spiritual things are a lot like physical things. There was, there was a, a, a guy, a, a pastor, pastor minister, that he, he had a way of taking really complex things that you would think about with God, and he would reduce them down to such simple, understandable things. It was almost like reading like a Dr. Seuss book for God. And, but, but, but he made it so simple, and what he would always say, he would say, spiritual things are a lot like physical things. It's not like it's mysterious where there's no parallel, there's no connection. And if you think about it, God, God created this world, and what do you think he did? He, well, he designed it off of a spirit world that he resides within. So there's a lot of parallels and a lot of comparisons. So as we're talking through this today, I don't want you to think like, oh, is Pastor Ben giving us a dissertation on electricity? No. What I'm trying to help us understand at the end of the day is, is that God is our ultimate power source. And if we're not connected properly to that power source, we're not going to get what we need in our lives. And we're going to be left trying to do it ourselves. Think of it like this. If you were to go cut the grass out here on these beautiful grounds, would you rather use a lawnmower or a pair of scissors? <laughs> I want a lawnmower to cut the grass. Why would I want to use scissors? But... It's the same way if I don't have the necessary fuel to power a lawnmower. Well, guess what? That's not going to do me any good to push a lawnmower around in the yard. Nothing's going to happen. You have to be connected to the right source of power. So in our natural world, you, I'm sure you guys have all heard of AC-DC power, right? And it's, it's more than just the band, you know, that does dirty deeds, dirt cheap. We're not talking about them. But AC-DC power, it's the AC stands for alternating current, and DC is direct current. And without getting too detailed into all of it, it, it the AC power, basically, it's, it, it's, not a, it's not a, think of it this way. Whenever you take a battery and you plug a battery into, let's say, your remote, there's a positive and negative side of the battery, right? So whenever you plug it in, the power goes out of the positive side of the battery into the device you're using and comes back around the negative part. You've created a simple circuit. The power is going in one direction. That's considered direct current. Everything's going the same way, moving the same way. Alternating current's a little bit different. The power's a little more, it fluctuates in the direction that it flows. And without getting too detailed, the alternating current is a little, the AC power is a little bit easier to produce in mass in a, in, in, a, in a power plant, and it's much easier to transmit over long distances without losing the power. Well, the problem is, is that all of the, the power lines and everything that comes to our homes, well, that's all AC power coming from the, the power plants. But in your home, for the most part, is all AC power. But a lot of your devices that you use, everything that you plug into it, well, that's a lot of that is you need something to convert that AC power into DC power so it works. You know, your laptops, you have, you know, you, if you plug in a laptop, you see like that big box that's connected to the, the laptop plug in the middle. That's a converter. It's taking the AC power 
and putting it into a DC format so that your delicate little components of your computer are able to handle it. So in the same way, I want us to think that, in some regards, God's like this big, raw AC power for us in our lives. And it's always there, always available. Man, I love it. God says he's not a respecter of persons. Man, that's such a great, such a great thing not to lose track of. God wants to be in your life just as much as everybody else. Think of the most holy person that you think, man, God just moves through their life constantly all the time. God wants to do the same thing in your life. His power, his blessings are readily available for you just as much as the next person. It's a matter of how we connect to it. So taking this idea, this concept that God is this this AC power source, this unlimited power source. I mean, the Bible says that he is the creator of all. He's the one that calls things that are not into existence using words. Man, I, like, just let that sink in. God created the fabric of our reality, the stars, the, the planets, by speaking them into existence. His words carry that much power. Man, he's the one that has overcome death, literally stripped the power of death so that you and I never have to experience spiritual death through his son, Jesus Christ. Took us, is whenever, when in the moment that we sinned, we became spiritually dead, and there had to be a payment for those sins, which was spiritual death. And here's God that comes in and says, I'll redeem all of them through Jesus Christ. That's why if you start, if you think about that, the power of life that Jesus had, that he worked through us, oh my gosh, that's huge. That's amazing. And that's just, uh, he's the one, it says in the Bible, and I love this in Revelation, it says, whenever he returns, it says, Jesus is the one, the earth and sky will flee from him. His very presence commands that much respect of the elements that earth and sky would literally back out of his way. That's a lot of power. (laughs) And yet he says that he dwells within us. If I have all that inside of me, then it's almost like if you just think of it in terms like that, it's like, oh my word, like, I mean, I should be walking around like this all day, you know, like, (laughs) you need prayer, boom, you're going to get it. Why? Because God's inside of me, that much power is inside of me. But what happens is, is I think we lose track sometimes and we lose sight in our lives of there needs to be a conversion between all of that power that God has and then how do I convert it into my life so that I can effectively use it. Because I think a lot of us, we want God to work in our lives, but we go about it the wrong way. I mean, it's like going to your house and, I mean, trying to plug in your coffee maker with a garden hose. It's not going to work. You can do everything you want. You can call all the people you want. You can ask for all the advice you want. It's not going to work. Well, why? Well, because you're trying to connect it the wrong way. So what I want to talk to us about is how do we become better converters of God's power? 
How do we take that unlimited power that is available that God says is right there for you? How do I convert that into my life to use it? So one way, and this is probably the most important way, is to be part of the body of Christ. Now, let's not take it for granted. The first thing that you do, if you want to be part of God and all that unlimited power that he has for us, you need to be in his kingdom. You need to be part of the body of Christ. And the first way that that happens is you asking Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. Once you do that, everything is available to you. And the Bible talks about this. It says that then at that point, you become a member of the body of Christ. Think of it this way. If I removed my hand from my body, would my hand work anymore? No, it wouldn't. But connected, boy, you could do some amazing things with your hands. If you, maybe you're born again, you ask Jesus into your heart, but then you disconnect yourself from the body of Christ, which is the local church. And I mean, that's why in Community Life Church, we, you, you saw like the, the rotating things about being involved, volunteering, being part of the body of Christ. We want people to know God. We want people to find purpose and experience life. That's what we want. And the way that you begin to tap into God's power is by becoming part of the overall body of Christ. And the way to do that is to be involved with the body of Christ. You see, because I'm convinced, if you take, just, just think of it from a point of comparison of a guy like, uh, I mean, we all know Thomas Edison created the light bulb, right? How many times did he fail before he, I mean, created it? I mean, I, I know there's an exact number, but it's, it's in the thousands. His determination to find a solution for what worked and worked was astounding. Our determination to find our place within the body of Christ should be just at that same level. You see, because each one of you are given different gifts. Each one of you know there, there is latent gifts that God has put in each one of you to be able to tap into God's power in certain ways that is different from everybody else. And God, the body of Christ, is reliant on you doing that. For instance, if I put my bicep muscles into my eye, is, I'm going to have a bad time. Two different muscles won't work the same way, totally different. Some of you, God has designed you as eye muscles in the body of Christ. Others of you, he's designed as the bicep muscles in the body of Christ. But the thing is, is that each one of us all come together in the body of Christ for a specific purpose. And the first step to even coming to a spot of, well, I want God to work in my life. Well, are you a part of his body? Are you a contributing part of his body? Uh, if we could, could we go to the uh, First Corinthians scripture? I'm giving them a, I'm giving them a workout. I said, boy, I, I have an order, and I, I'll, I'll figure it out whenever we get up there. <laughs> but it says in First Corinthians twelve, twelve, it says, just uh, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body through the many are one body, so it is with Christ. Everyone say, I am Jesus on this earth. 
you are part of the body of Christ on earth. Whenever this, in, the, in our church here, we want you to be involved. Why? Because so we could get more done? No, 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 no. Pastor Stephen and Amy's heart is because they know that whenever you are involved, whenever you're giving more of yourself, you're beginning to tap into his power that is within you to work through you. And whenever you do that, whenever you begin to give, just like we're doing with the teachers, great way to get involved. You know what? There's Amanda talked about being becoming involved and talking to her. You know what? There's a we love to do a thing called first serve. What is that? It's like a, a taster's choice. You want to try out kids? Try out kids for a week. Don't like it? Okay. Well, then go try something else. Why? Because we're invested in you finding your place in the body of Christ. Because whenever you do, there is a purpose that is fulfilled. And you're tapping into his power to work through your life. And what I don't want us to do is not to take it for granted. You might say, Pastor Ben, how is me serving as a greeter going to help? See, this is the amazing thing about it, is once you get some of the power of God working within your life, it spreads to other areas. In fact, whenever you walk in obedience to Jesus, whenever you give up the things that he's been asking you to give up in your life, the things that you know are out of place, the things that you know our sin in your life, and you humble yourself, and you give yourself over to what he wants, you will find that there is power there. And you'll find that that power, whenever you do that, will spread to other areas of your life that you didn't even know that were connected. Whenever you give, you know, you go through and you read the Gospels, and it's amazing how much Jesus Christ, Lord, God's Son, it's amazing how much he talked about money. What was he doing? Was he, was he compare, comparing? Uh, was money really that important to Jesus? Remember what I said? Spiritual things are a lot like physical things. Jesus was trying to help people understand that if, if you have a hard time obeying God with your money, you're going to have a hard time obeying God with anything else in your life. He's trying to say, if, if, if you can't give even just your money, what, you think you're going to give me your heart? And you can't even give money? Jesus wasn't trying to get people to feel bad about it. He was trying to give, help people understand the comparison, that spiritual things are like natural things. And I'll tell you this, whenever you're generous and you give, Whenever you tithe, you're going to find that it spreads to other areas of your life and you're going to be blessed in ways that, you, that are beyond just a financial blessing. It's not about just bringing money into the church. No, it's about whenever you give, you are opening the door for God's power to work within your life because you are obeying Him. It's not always easy. But whenever you do it, you're going to find that all of a sudden, whenever you start to obey in this area, it's, oh, well, I can do this too. And then this becomes easier, and this becomes easier, and this becomes easier, and it, it, becomes, it becomes a domino effect. But it's all about you taking the first step. Even volunteering, <laughs> you taking the first step, wanting to be involved. I'll even take it beyond that, attending, being at church. 
You know, the services that we have, we have outside of this on a Wednesday evening, you know, and we realize not everybody can make everything. We're not expecting 100% attendance all the time. We understand life, things in life, they happen. But you know what? The more that you make yourself available to it, the more you expose yourself to that power of God. The more that you expose yourself to that power of God, the more opportunity it has to work within your life. If you just close out and go about your week, and you're just waiting for maybe the next Sunday to go to church, or maybe, you know, maybe a couple weeks in between that and come back to church, you're going to find that you're, it's like, how many of you know your remote batteries, whenever like they go, and like you're like, you know, you know you should change them, but you don't. Anyone else, you know what I'm talking about? And so what do you do? Well, my method is, is, Take off the thing and you, you rub them back and forth a little bit and you close that back up. Ah, there we go. There we go. But you know you're on borrowed time. It's like you know those things are going to go within, within a short period. But I think we do the same thing sometimes with God. We want to treat church and God separate. They're not. The body of Christ, the local church, is God. It's Jesus. So being connected to the body, knowing the people around you, you know what? It's all, it's all meant to work together. Why? Just like my physical body works all together. You know what? Whenever you, anyone here ever sprained an ankle? What happens to the rest of your body when you sprain your ankle? It compensates for the sprained ankle, does it not? It compensates. The body of Christ, the church, is meant to be the same thing. Whenever you are hurt, Whenever there is something that is going on in your life, the rest of the body wants to be there to help. And I dare say that there's a lot of folks in this church, you've experienced that. Because that's what Pastor Steve and Mamie's heart is about. It's not about a bunch of individuals just coming to church. It's about the connection of us all together. Why? Because there's power within it. Then we're drawing off of what God has placed in each one of us. Each one of us has a gifting, a power within us that God has put inside of us, and it's meant to work together. And now I'll, I'll share this with you. You might, you might find that there's certain people that you see, and it's like, and I'll give an example of this. Individual I know that whenever it comes to, to financial blessing, I mean, it's almost like the guy can fail and still somehow come out on top and be financially blessed in everything he does in business. I mean, and, and he, but he believes that his gift that God has given him is giving. And he contributes uh, amazing amounts to different ministries throughout the world. He feels it is a gift. And now a lot of people want to look at that and, just, you know what? I don't know if you're about, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes, you know, you, you can get jealous of what somebody else is good at. Anybody ever, ever, ever been there? You know, thank you for all three of you. Um, but people, people will, you could look at that and be like, man, that is an amazing, his, his, like, his ability to tap into God's power to receive and just perform on that, that's, a, that's, that's amazing. I mean, I, I, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do it. Well, you know what? Each one of us have something that we are gifted to tap into God's power and do well. But what I find is, is that there's also another side of that coin, that there are going to be things that we struggle with naturally, with receiving from God. And I'll give you that in the, in the case of, in the case of uh, that scenario. Amazing whenever it comes to financial blessing. Absolute struggle to find any kind of peace in, in their lives, though. 
emotional peace. I mean, just a, a constant struggle. Constant struggle for them. Always dealing with anxiety. Always dealing with just nerves. Can't ever find peace. But you know what? We want to look at it and say, oh my gosh, what an amazing ability you have just to you know, be able to be financially blessed like that. But there's another side to the coin. And we're going to find in our lives that you're going to see people that are able to do things that we think, man, I, mean, I, just, I, just, I just wish my relationship with God was like that. I wish I could do that. But see, you don't know the other side of the things that they struggle with. And just because you're deficient in something, this is what I want to bring back to the engineering side of it, just because you seem to struggle with it doesn't mean that it's impossible for you to do in your life. So I'll give you this, I'll give you this example. Uh, in my life, whenever I was in high school, I, I tore cartilage in my knee. I've shared this before, but I found out very quickly whenever I, after I'd torn the cartilage in my knee, they, they looked at it, they said, this is, this is bad. You're going to need, you're going to need to have surgery for this, you know, long recovery. You're going to have problems because of the damage that you've, you, you've suffered with your knee. Now, we went to church, you know, and I mean, we, I believe, we, in the church we believed in, they believed on laying on hands, and I have seen people have hands laid on them and be healed. In fact, there's a, one friend of mine, I <laughs> share his name, Corey, he, he was born with one leg four inches shorter than another one, his, his other one, had hands laid on him, and within 30 minutes, his leg grew four inches. And now I'm, I'm telling you that because I, I saw it. I knew what his leg was like before and then what he showed me after. I mean, absolute miracle just from someone laying their hands on him and he received it. Now, I found out in my life, though, after that happened with my knee, I found out that I struggled with receiving healing like that. I had a lot of people pray for my knee and my knee got no better. But I didn't give up and just say, well, I guess God doesn't heal then. That's, that's it. I guess it doesn't happen. I guess, I guess you know, that, that, that's it. But what I did is I, I, kept, I kept at it. I knew that, God, you do heal. There has to be another way around this. And so what I began to discover is that while my faith wasn't there for an instantaneous healing, I did have faith for a gradual healing. And so you know what? I started reading the Word. I started meditating on Scriptures. I started thinking about it constantly. Whenever my knee hurt, whenever I couldn't bend it straight, I would think, nope, Jesus Christ, you, by your stripes, I have been healed. And I kept at it, and I kept at it, and I kept at it, and I kept at it. And within three and a half months, my leg was totally restored. I've never had one problem with it since then. <sighs> Amazing. Of course, you go back to the doctor, well, well, what do you, you know, they look at it. Well, we must, have, we must have misdiagnosed it. And I was like, remember whenever you said, feel this, there's a huge chunk of cartilage sitting in your leg that we're going to have to get rid of. What happened to that? Well, you know, we can't explain it. All right, well, I have a God that can explain it. So giving you the example with that, so there was, there was one particular time that uh, I, I, was, I, I was with, we were out ministering, this is back whenever Amanda and I first met, we were out ministering in Texas, and uh, before we were going on to going into the service, I, I I I started to have a pain in my sciatic nerve, like from the 
right right at the top of my waist, all like right down through my leg. And I mean, it was concerning. If you've ever had nerve pain, nerve pain is very different than the rest of pain that you experience in your body. So I immediately thought, and here, here's how it works with you. I immediately thought, well, I need, oh my gosh, I need, I, I need someone to pray for me. And what was the first thought that came into my head? And the first thought that came into my head was, well, remember about your knee? You weren't good at, you struggled with receiving prayer immediately. So I started to think, wait a minute. I kind of, I kind of reverse engineered it. And I thought about the Great Commission. You see, knowing the Word of God, guys, will give you a lot of tools to work with and how to connect and receive power from God. So I thought of the Great Commission where it says you, that believers will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And I thought, okay, well, if that's true, all I need is someone that's a believer. And then I'm just going to take that power that, they, that God gave them and that's going to heal me. So I go up to my buddy who is ministering with us, and I just said, I gave him no context whatsoever. I just go up to him, his name is Landon. I'm like, Landon, do you believe in Jesus? He's like, Ben, yes, I believe in Jesus. I'm like, lay hands on me and pray for me. You know, I'm like, I need healing right now. And he laid hands on me, and he, he prayed, and he goes, whoa. And I said, whoa, myself, because immediately the sciatic pain nerve, the nerve pain left right then. And it was almost like I thought of it differently. I didn't think of someone laying hands on me and that they were going to... I thought of it differently. No, 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 no. I'm going to take the healing power that's in their body and I'm going to receive it. Why? Because we're all part of the body of Christ. The power that was put inside of him, I was going to draw off of it because God gave it to him. And what I want to encourage us with this is that there's different ways we go about connecting to God. Just because you feel you're not good at receiving from God in one particular area, it doesn't mean that it's impossible. It doesn't mean that you need to struggle with it for the rest of your life. It means that you need to hunker down and find out, God, what are other ways that I can go about doing this? And one thing that I want to go do with this before, uh, before we take off is I just a great way to receive God's power, other than being part of the body of Christ, which is absolutely necessary. It's absolutely necessary to be part of, part of the body of Christ and contributing part, part of the body of Christ in a local church. Another great way is through prayer. And so what I want to do is I want to take a quick look actually to walk us through. And it's, uh, I want to walk us through just the Lord's Prayer, but I want to take a look at it just in a little bit maybe of a different way. I want to break it down into kind of some different, uh, different parts. You find the Lord's Prayer, it's in two parts. You could turn in your Bible, uh, Matthew 6, verse 9, or you could go to uh, Luke 11, verse 2, either one. But what I want to do for us is I want to give us just a, a, a brief look of, you know what, you could say, well, Pastor Ben, I showed up to church, so that's good. I am part of the body of Christ there. I'm, 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 I'm here. And you know what, maybe I hope that I've stirred you a little bit to want to be volunteering as part of the body of Christ too, because that's where you start to tap into God's power. But another great way to receive God's power is through prayer. And so what I want to walk through just on a very quick, very quick look is at the Lord's Prayer and how we can use Jesus' prayer here as a model for our own lives to better kind of put ourselves in line to convert God's power into our lives in a very real way.
It starts off when this is to give the context. The disciples asked Jesus bluntly, "Lord, teach us to pray. How do we pray?" And Jesus says, "This is how you should pray." I'm going to go from the text from uh, Matthew nine, if that's the one that you chose, or Matthew six, starting to verse nine. It says, "Our." He starts off and he says, "Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name." And I, it's interesting that God start, that Jesus starts off with the first part of the Lord's prayer is magnifying God. Hallowed be your name. The word hallowed means holy or respectable, great. And I find that sometimes in my life, it's so easy to get muddled down in my circumstances that I start to just see the world in my circumstances. Anyone ever had a bad attitude? Because it never affects any other part of your life. It's only one thing that it really hit, right? No. You have a bad attitude, and it's all of a sudden like everything is negative, everything is bad. Nothing is good, and nothing ever can be good again. So, well, I guess we're just going to go from here. No, what is it? Your perspective is out of place. It's like my kids, whenever they, <laughs> they got binoculars for Christmas. And so what is the first thing they do? They look at it from the right way, and then what do they do immediately? They flip it around the wrong way, and then they try to walk around the house looking at everything through the wrong perspective, where everything's like down into like ant level. And of course, they think it's funny, but I feel like sometimes that's us as Christians. We have the whole wrong perspective of God. We have the binoculars on the wrong way, and all we're doing, and even our prayers, they're all focused on the wrong aspect of life. Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, the first thing you start off, you want to start off, here's how you pray. First thing, start magnifying God. Why? Because it pulls you out of where you're at and you start to look, no, 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 God, you are great. You are mighty. You are the one that created heaven and earth. You created me. You said that you wanted good in my life. You chose me. You saved me. You gave me Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You might say, well, Pastor Ben, I can't change my attitude that fast. Well, Jesus didn't give a time frame for how long you can last on that first part of the prayer. Maybe it takes some extra time for us. You notice that our prayer times are an hour long. Why? I've been there. Sometimes it takes me the first 15, 20 minutes just to get outside of myself before I really start under, oh, yes, God, I'm starting. I, I can see things from your perspective, not mine. But I think this is true because our prayers, if we don't honor God with our prayers to start off, all of our prayers are simply focused on ourselves. And if they're only focused on ourselves, we, I, I don't know about you, but I have a very poor perspective of, uh, of eternity just whenever I put it through the lens of myself. I need a bigger view. So whenever you start off praying, it's the first thing to begin converting that unlimited power instead of funneling it down into what you think your circumstances are. No, 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 no. Appreciate just how great it is that God has available to you. In verse 10, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What I like about this is this is an acknowledgement to God's will. I found in my life that there's a lot of times that whenever things, I, I constantly come into a struggle and I constantly am struggling with something and I'm just at God, I need help in this. God, I need help in this. God, I need help in this. God, help me, help me. Why won't this work? Why won't this work? And I never stopped to even ask God, God, is this really even what you want me to be doing? Is this your will? Is this really how you want me to be approaching this problem? 
I mean, it goes back into the whole idea of trying to plug the garden hose into your outlet in the house and then expecting power to go out of it. You're just, you're connecting wrong. It's never going to happen. For some of us, our, our prayers shouldn't be, God, help me. It should be, God, what is your will in this? Lord, what do you want me to even be doing in this? Because sometimes God is just, he, he's going to hold back because he, if, you, if you're going on the wrong path and you're thinking, God, I need your help in my life. I need your help. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Well, God, if God gave you any help in that, you're just going to continue on the wrong path. You'd never stop to say, God, am I even going in the right direction here? Is this even what you want? And so I love it how Jesus structures this. He says, first of all, acknowledge God. And then secondly, ask him what he wants. Because here's the thing, guys. God wants nothing but good for you in your life. It says, give us, in verse 11, give us today our daily bread. And I, it's important to know your needs are important to God. Rewind back to their time, man, bread was a valid resource for all things sustenance. It was important. You're allowed to ask God to meet the needs in your life. He wants to. And you know what? It's interesting. He doesn't have you ask for the needs until you first acknowledged him and acknowledged his will. Then it's, God, what, help me with what I need. It's like you're taking that raw power and you're starting to funnel it down into exactly where it needs to be in your life. The next part, and probably one of the most important parts of the prayer in verse 12, it says, and forgive us of our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. There's a few times in the Bible that Jesus says that if you don't forgive others, that God will not forgive you. Whoa, that's big. In fact, there's, a, there's also a verse where the Apostle Paul says that we should forgive others in the same way that Christ forgave us. Now, whenever, whenever I came to Jesus, whenever people come to Jesus, you don't need to write down a whole list of every single sin you've ever committed in your life. All you have to do is, Jesus, save me. I'm sorry for how I lived. Boom, done, gone, forgiven. And then God says, oh yeah, that's what I want you to do with other people too. Well, God, you don't understand. <laughs> you don't know what people have done to me. You don't understand these situations. That they, no, 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 no. You know, and then you know what? And then you muster up like the, the how many of you have ever gotten the apologies where it's like somebody does something to you? And they, 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 they throw you that line of, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. You can get right out. That is not an apology. I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm not sorry for what I did, but I'm sorry that it makes you mad. That's not an apology. God, what is the point of this part of the prayer? God wants some honesty from us. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Call them out by name and be specific about it. God, I'm sorry that I did, and they call it out. Why? God wants to forgive you. And then, you know what? Call out specifically things that other people have done to you. And tell God, God, I forgive them. Why? Because the Bible says that whenever you forgive others, 
You open the door for God to totally forgive you. And I'll be honest, from a selfish standpoint, my eternity, my eternity, my forgiveness with God is way too important to me that some, for somebody else to mess up. If you need to make it into something selfish for you, I want forgiveness more than I want to hang on to offense. It's more important to me to be free and clear with my God than it is for, to, to let you hang that over my head. Here's the other thing. Whenever you don't, it is over your head. And what that person has done controls your life. Whenever you say, God, I forgive them. And you know what? It's okay to say, help me forgive them. Help me let it go. Help me stop thinking about it. I forgive them and I ask that you would bless them. Done. And God, Lord, I ask you to forgive me just in the same way for the mistakes that I've made. Oh man, it's so good to have a clean slate with our God. But do you see how the prayer, t- it, it, it's coming, to, it's a funnel. God, you're, you are mighty and amazing. I ask that your will will be done. Please meet my needs. God, help refine me from the mistakes that I've made and help me not let the mistakes of others control me. You're taking all that raw power that God has and you're beginning to focus it specifically in your life. And you're going to find, as you go through this prayer and you personalize it, you're going to find that God is going to show you other areas of your life of ways that you can begin praying. You're going to start to get ideas. God's going to open up your heart in ways that you never thought possible for him to begin to work in your life. Why? Because now I am am hooked into the right current and his power is able to work through me. In verse 13, it says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And this is a good one of just kind of like the protection. God, Lord, I got myself right. Now help me stay out of temptation. Help me recognize it and help me be protected. Or as as my kids would say, keep us safe from the bad guys. But it's good to recognize that God wants your ongoing day as you go through it. He wants you under his cover. He wants you under his protection. That he's going to help you to recognize problems before they come up. And you know what? I will tell you that in my life. There have been big, there have been some big, big happenings in Benegal's life. And you know what? There's been very, there's been quite a few occasions where God has let me know months ahead of time something's coming up. What's he doing? He's guarding me. He's delivering me from evil, letting me know, hey, you, you, there's, there's a rocky road ahead. Get ready for it. But as we begin to do that, we start to funnel all that down. You're going to find that whenever you're in the body of Christ, you're using your gifts, and you're actively praying. I'm telling you guys, prayer is so important. It develops the relationship with God. It forces you to think about what to say and what to pray for. And if you follow Jesus' template, and I don't know, he was the son of God and all. Maybe you have some other ideas on how you should pray. I'm just giving you a good one. He said that this is a good way to pray. But whenever you start to do this, you're going to find that God's power is beginning to be refined in your life and directed into the areas that you need it to. And I want to say one last thing as we, as we depart with this, just for the importance of prayer. It's necessary. This is Jesus Christ as he was on earth, just sharing some scriptures with you. 
It says in Luke 5, it says, Jesus would often slip away into the wilderness to pray. In Luke 6, at this time he went off to the mountaintop to pray and spent the whole night in prayer to God. Mark 6, after saying goodbye to them, he went to the mountain to pray again. Matthew 14, after he sent the crowds away, he went to the mountain to pray. Mark 14, he told his disciples, sit here until I have finished praying. Hebrews 5, 7, it says, in the days of his flesh, while Jesus was on earth, he offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears to the one who is able to save from death, and he was heard because of his devotion. Jesus Christ was absolutely devoted to prayer while he was on earth. If that is the Son of God that was devoted to prayer on earth, I'm, I've, 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 I've done a self-check. I'm not the Son of God. I might need prayer then as part of my regular life if Jesus Christ needed prayer in his life. So where do I start? What do I do? How do I start getting God's power to work in my life? One, start praying. Make it an active part of your life, an everyday part of your life. Don't let it be something that you, you it's not like the, it's like the prayer shouldn't be 911. Whenever the emergency comes, okay, time to pray. Let's get it going. No, it should be a natural, everyday thing. And it should almost sound like a conversation. Because in the end of the day, that is what God wants more than anything else. What is the purpose of this? He made his power available to you. He wants you to be part of his body. He wants you to be in communication with him through prayer. Why? Because he loves you. He wants good for you. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want it to be something where it's just here and there. He wants you, the moment, that's the, the moment you have anything that you're thinking about in your life, he wants him to be the first thought. Why? Because he loves you. He has everything that is available for you. It's there for us. As we come to a close today, the most important part of all of this is accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. None of this is available unless you make that choice. The Bible says that all of us have sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But thank God he made a provision. He sent Jesus to die for us. And if we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, God says he takes all the punishment for you. And we are able to become children of God, to be part of his kingdom to experience heaven as part of our eternity. If everyone could, if you could just bow your head and close your eyes, everyone respectful, this is the most important part of what we do here today.